I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. And then okay. when you're ready to start again, click okay. start, stop. Thank <laughs> you so Have much. Have a great Thank time. You. Have a great See time. You See you later. later. Oh, God, here we go again. (laughs) So you got cancelled by the environmentalists (laughs) this week for using balloons oh my god how does it feel to be single-handedly responsible for destroying the planet honestly Tid, it feels awful i've been crying i've been not able to sleep what? i felt so oh, for bad fuck's sake. no it's true they've got a really good point so for so basically so do the balloons kill the animals even though they're biodegradable yeah well apparently i think they do do they yeah, I think I think well according to Twitter they are, so what happened is me and my theatre company have launched a campaign about better rights for young carers and we have been absolutely mega trolled like just so mega trolled. I want these people to join our campaign and campaign for us. I've replied to every person individually as me mm. and said I am so sorry. I thought I'd done my research into how to promote this yeah. issue and I have failed and I Oh. full of hatred for myself and, uh, and but you shouldn't be me. you just you made a mistake it's not like you but you know fair, willfully to be fair to a lot of them some of them haven't replied but some of them have replied saying I've signed your petition okay that's good um, and actually they, it's worked I'm never ever going to touch a balloon or go near a balloon <laughs> Ever again. I sent Helen that viral video that's going around of that guy popping all those balloons <laughs> that just said you after you're getting owned by the environmentalists. <laughs> I just can't believe... I, oh. I spent, like, honestly so much money on these biodegradable balloons. Yeah. I found this website, got them ordered next day delivery, mm-hmm. um, which in itself was... How much did it cost that was that The next day delivery was uh, £25. The balloons were maybe, like, £25. Okay. So, like... Considering so fifty not quid got a lot of money. murder a load of animals. <laughs> Don't I can't. <laughs> I honestly can't cope with it. But it's very effective. And if you tweeted me, I do sincerely take on board everything. You do. That's that the you've thing. Said. You you take on board stuff. And I feel like the way Twitter is now, it just assumes everyone's going to take everything in bad faith. Well, that's what some people replied saying, thanks so much for actually responding yeah. and not being defensive. But I then looked on their Twitter. The reason people are being defensive, they will literally find a balloon release. There was one that was like a two-year-old's... Um, had died and it was their one year anniversary of their death and they'd done a balloon release and this dude had just posted a picture of a dead pigeon like, I hope you're all ashamed of yourselves. Their fucking kid died. This is why people don't want to save the planet. I know. it is Because got, it's yeah. like, what, we're going to save the planet and be stuck with you lot? Jesus <laughs> Christ, I hope we all die. I hope we all die. <laughs> oh, God. Awful. 
horrific. Awful. But got some extra names on my petition. Yeah. Just apologise if you do something wrong. If it's genuinely in good faith, which it was, I yeah. really, really thought I'd done my research. Yeah, you didn't. You thought that the balloons would just instantly disappear. <laughs> when you what them. I actually thought would happen is someone would find the balloon, mm. take a picture with it, tweet me. But I think what I, we did the balloon release, I had to cut the video early because the balloons then all just came back down to the <laughs> ground because I'd not blown them up properly. So actually, oh, wow. I should let the environmentalists know I had to then run around collecting them yeah. all. Everybody should sign my petition. Can I do a... Yeah, 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 let's do it. Can I do a thing? So for the last four years, my theatre company, Lung, have been working with these four young carers in Salford. It's mostly Matt, who I co-run the company with, Baby. But um, we made a play called Who Cares, which is made out of um, interviews that we did with them. And out of the back of that... Um, we've launched a parliamentary petition, guys. So go to at Who Cares Action on Twitter, at Who Cares Campaign on Instagram. We're calling for three really specific things, um, and you can go read about them at Who Cares Action, hashtag Who Cares Campaign. The end. Thanks, guys. And don't do a balloon release because uh, it's bad, and also you'll feel guilty for the rest of your life. <laughs> So who are we talking about? So wait, we should explain. Okay, listen. If you're here by now and you don't know what you've got yourselves in for, get out while Every you week can. we talk about a different person, we dissect them, we delve into them and we go wildly off track. This is bitching. Strap in. Strap on. <laughs> <laughs> I accidentally nearly said strap on. Wow. Oh, Freudian slip. What I've been doing this week. <laughs> Um, this week, we're going to be talking about... Dominic Cummings. Speaking of strap-ons. <laughs> doesn't even make sense. It doesn't make sense. Shall I weed? Shall I weed, the, the, oh, shall I weed his Wikipedia? <laughs> Dominic oh. Cummings, born the 25th of November 1971, which makes him 47. Oh! Is a British... Political strategist. Uh-huh. From 2007 to 2014, arguably the worst thing he did, he was the special advisor to the then education secretary, Michael Poohhead Gove. In 2015 to 2016, he was the campaign director of Vote Leave, yes. an organisation opposed to continuing UK membership of the European Union. We know... He, in June 2019, the new Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, appointed him to the role of special advisor to the government. Yes. Dominic Cummings. So here's what I did in my research, Dominic Cummings. I read his most recent blog, which is all about how he believes technology and AI can improve the decision-making of our politicians. He doesn't like politicians, but is now very closely aligned with the Prime Minister. But a lot of what had motivated him to join the Vote Leave campaign... Well, first of all, when they appointed him, they said, we're going to give you absolute control of the movement. That's what made him say, OK, yeah, I'll do it. And also a complete contempt for the Westminster class. And he says he's not aligned to any political party, no, doesn't no. he? He's... He doesn't identify as anything. It seems to me he's wants things to be efficient and well run. And I mean, this could just be the blog that I read. Kind of the less human things are, the better. Because <laughs> yeah. we kind of fuck everything up. 
So he wants. In point. What does he want the robots to do to control? He's the he's like talk, he was talking about how um, like he there was a photo of the Cobra Room. You know the special yeah. Cobra Room, the only one that there is. And he was just saying, look how fucking shit this room is. Like how how can we expect our politicians to make decisions when they haven't got the most cutting edge technology? Okay. To, to enable them to make those decisions. So he, in his mind, what will happen is you'll have, like, a AI table that can literally, like, do the calculations in front of you for what would happen if you cut this many police officers or you cut this Ooh. many... Or, I mean, not that he... He didn't say that in his blog, but that yeah. it's basically the idea that policy can be informed by evidence <laughs> rather than relying on any politician to have a single brain cell. Yeah. Instead... You can have technology better our politicians and but make we them make already have decisions. robot politicians. Am I right? <laughs> am I right, guys? <laughs> Woo! You know what Tough I mean. <laughs> it's another way of separating the human. The whole problem with politics is it's void of empathy. I mm. think the idea of pushing that even further—that it's based purely on like numbers and statistics—and because this is the George Monbiot thing, which I don't fully understand, but I love him, and and I think you just go read George Monbiot, where he's like. The whole problem with our um, political structure is that it's always about growth and GDP yeah. number hitting. And actually, we need to restructure the way we view success, political mm. success, into not being that. Because obviously, that's really bad for the planet because it means that we're increasing our consumption. But it's also really bad for poverty because it means this huge divide is happening between the rich and poor as a yeah. result of it. So it depends what you're programming those computers to be measuring. Like if they're just measuring, this will be the most efficient thing for the economy, mm. in quotation marks. The economy doesn't actually look after people at mm. the moment. So basically, he is bad, based on this one article. <laughs> but but I'm not... The thing is, is that... I, Look, I voted Remain, obviously, but I don't just want to be like, oh, it's bad and Brexit's bad and everyone who voted Brexit is a fucking idiot. And it's like, it's not constructive, it's not helpful to just... Like, I was talking about this the other day with my boyfriend and I was like, you literally could have, like, done something like, done a referendum that was like, are you sad, yes or no? Like, I'm I'm also reading this book, um, which has nothing to do with Brexit. It's, um, you know, Philippa Perry... Um, she's a psychotherapist and it's one of the school of life books it's called how to stay sane I've only read a couple of chapters of it so they did this experiment where in epileptic people they had divided the right and the left brain to help with people's fits and they then did experiments on these people where they showed the right brain something and not the left brain something. So the right brain is everything that controls our emotions and feelings and everything. And then the left brain is our clever brain. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have a left brain. So they only showed the right brain this picture and it just said walk. So they would all get up and walk. And now you'd think that they'd be like, oh, I don't know why I got up and walked. I just, I don't know, I just felt like it or whatever. But they all came up with a reason why they walked. Wow. So they they all said like, "Oh, I wanted a glass of water," or wow. I, "I I really needed to go to the bathroom," or some oh like they always God. made up a reason why. That's amazing. So we restructure always our own narrative of yeah. our own motivation. Of that's always why yeah. you're never wrong in an argument, are you? And I think that's why a lot of like a lot of political conversation about why people feel certain ways or why people voted certain ways that they do like 
I think so much of Brexit is like people's personal dissatisfaction with their own lives, that people are sad and disconnected. Yeah. And they, I think genuinely that people then came up with their own reasons why they did it. Do you know what I mean? I Does that make sense? It absolutely makes sense. I think you should. We're not. It's not about holding the people who voted accountable, but, but I do think we can hold people like Dominic Cummings accountable. Yeah, completely. What he was essentially. So he came up with the take, take back, back control. control. Yeah. And in a way, that's the walk, isn't it? That's the instruction in mm-hmm. your brain to, if what if you then connect that with the fact that you feel all these things. But I think sometimes people like I know a man who voted leave, who's really contented, quite wealthy. Mm-hmm like has his life set up, but he just genuinely believes that the EU is robbing this country of loads of money and also because of the papers that he reads and because of the narrative that's been formed. And then if you've got a big campaign that says take back control and that then just confirmation biases Mm. all the things that have already been fed in about the EU. And then you've you've got two choices on the day and you're going to go to vote before you crack on with everything else. Like I don't think for everybody it was necessarily even that deeper discontent with Mm. the country it was just that seems the logical thing to do because of all this information I've been given tick the box and I think Dominic Cummings is really responsible for all of that not to put everything on one man because that would be giving him no but I think no but the thing is is I think so him and David Cameron hate each other yeah I can't remember what David Cameron called him he called him a career psychopath Which, I mean, fair Coming play. from David Cameron, <laughs> you must be a real piece of work. But I don't think they've actually met. I don't no, think they've ever met because... So there's an... Um, sorry, I'm, I can't believe I'm doing this again. There's an episode of Today in Focus, which yeah, is the Guardian podcast. Yeah, you love Today in Focus. Mate, I love it. Um, it's, uh, it's great if you're dyslexic because it means you don't have to read the news. <laughs> <laughs> they just say it into your ear. <laughs> and there's an episode on Dominic Cummings with the man who wrote the thing about... James Graham. James Graham. Cool. And James Graham was saying that he met Dominic Cummings because mm. he kind of had to. So yeah. he wrote Brexit... Uh, yeah, of course. He wrote the TV series that was called A Brexit and Untold something. Um, let's Google it. Let's Google it. So, Brexit uh, drama. An uncivil war. Brexit, Brexit the uncivil war, war in and, which Benedict Cumberbatch plays Dominic Cummings. Yeah. And he said that he met him after he'd written the part of Dominic Cummings Mm. um, because he kind of had to just let him know it was happening and check he was all right with Mm. it and stuff. And he said he was saying in this interview that he's met him more times than David Cameron has, but they're just super aware of each other's influence. And obviously Mm. David Cameron was very, very close with Michael Gove and Dominic Cummings was a special advisor Mm. to Michael Gove. So he kind of, he knows him, but James Graham's kind of, thinking is that he's slightly almost like this villain within politics because if you've not met him but you just know the things that he's done it's really easy to kind of dehumanize him I think what I really like about the fact that he's suddenly becoming the public eye is it makes you more conscious I say in the public eye I still think most people don't know know who he is. is yeah but what's what's been great about James Graham, I think that shows the power of art, the fact that he made this TV show about this real person and said, look, it's not just the people who are fronting this campaign, it's the mm. people behind it. And it made me aware of the fact that Dominic... Like, I just thought Michael Gove was responsible for all of the education policy that happened when he was the education mm. secretary. And actually, there's this man behind him, Dominic Cummings, who's also really, really accountable, who is invisible in a way. Yeah, And I think what's important about talking about these people is recognising that often the politicians actually, and David Cameron was this a bit, are slightly the puppets and there's a lot of people with their hands up the bum, like, mm. telling them what to do. 
Not and we don't know who they are. Yeah. But the, the thing I'll say for Dominic Cummings is he, he'll he show you who he is, like, on his blog. Like, literally, he's written, like, this... He writes, like, these 10,000-word things about his ideas and, like, what motivates him and, and what he believes in. Yeah. But at the same time, he's not an elected member of parliament. And then also, I'm like, if you've got all these principles, why are you now working with Boris Johnson? <laughs> I mean, I, I would assume it's because he believes that he can twist Boris's ear and get him to implement some things that he believes are good things. But but he's also just really good at running a campaign. Mm. And that's what Boris Johnson is, is a big walking, talking campaign. Yeah, isn't yeah, you're completely right. He probably thinks, you know, he'll be the, the figurehead and he'll be the... The, the, the puppeteer. The dark lord behind the, the scenes. But, like, I think... I mean, let's be honest, David Cameron, in your shed, wherever you are. Honestly, fuck you, mate. Honestly, fuck you. Sincerely, fuck you. But I don't think they would have won... I don't think Farage is as responsible for Brexit as Dominic Cumming. That's interesting, because they have a real rivalry. Because Farage is good at appearing on TV and all the rest of it. But Mm. Dominic Cummings actually understands human psychology and, like, why people do the things they do and how to motivate people to go and vote. He utilised technology in a way no one had ever done before. Facebook to post all those adverts? Yeah, and quite possibly in a slightly criminal manner. (laughs) I don't know the details of it. Um, And, like, he always says that he he hacked the election. That's that's the phrase that he he uses that himself on his blog. He says that he hacked the election. Um, As in the election of... Um, um, no, he ref- hacked the referendum, sorry. Wow. That's like, kind of mad to own that. I know. But this is what I also think is amazing about him. Is like, oh, I just wish he shared my values because he's so successful at implementing things and yeah. getting things done and slightly manipulating the general public. And you just yeah. think, imagine if what he was fighting for is like... The left's not any good at that because we just spend too much time apologising for things. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry about the balloon release. <laughs> I, I've been up I all am. night crying. <laughs> Helen, write a manifesto. It's okay. We forgive you about the balloons. Just run for office, for God's sake. But also, I do think, in theory, maybe this is me being a bit ideological about mm. the left. But be- I think because actually what we believe in is people's right to choose and genuine liberalism where people don't have to always necessarily agree and it's not about brainwashing anybody. Or at least that's what I believe. Mm. I don't think that there's that many successful people in the left who are good at actually, like, Getting everybody in the same room to all organizing just, people, yeah, and 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 there's so much debate about the nuance of everything mm-hmm. that to actually just slightly put your values to one side and just go, we're going to get behind this slogan that says "Take back control" because that's what will that will yeah. completely simplify things. And the left aren't quite able to to do that because you're like, well, but what if what if that includes the free market and actually yeah. and all of that? Guys, just put your values to one side. <laughs> We need a good campaign manager. Let's just have it put your values to one side. (laughs) And vote for Alan Monks. Vote for me. Hello and welcome to the musical podcast. I'm Kiri. And I'm Jade. And I'm Dave. Dave's on keys. But we don't play that too much because otherwise we'll have to pay some people rights money. Yeah. Uh, we do a live show where comedians come and sing their favourite musical theatre songs in front of a live audience. This podcast 
is us bringing that person inside of a building. Welcome to Just a Minute with Jade Adams. <laughs> I panicked. Enjoy. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Would you ever become a politician? No, definitely not. It's not worth the strain to your mental health. Like, even if you are a bit of a psychopath. I mean, even Dominic Cummings isn't running for office. He's not putting himself out there because it's fucking horrible. Yeah, you've got you've got to be someone like Boris Johnson. Just sees it all as a big game. <laughs> I'm gonna go and I'm gonna go. I'm finally gonna be prime minister. I don't, I've never heard him. I can't remember what he sounds like. I'm gonna be prime minister one day. He I'm sounds like the crazy minister. frog, don't you? <laughs> 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 We're doing Boris Johnson. We need to not. Uh, we need to do some our... research. Um, I know I do. Um, what was I saying? You were saying how even Dominic Cummings doesn't actually run. Because for... why? Why nowadays? You have to be someone of no character, or of such character that it's all you can do. Like you either have to be someone so out for yourself and good at all the things that a politician is good at, or you have to be someone like Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Yeah. Who I I believe as cynical as I am is doing what she's doing because oh, she truly believes that she can make the world a better place, which makes me emotional. Because maybe she can't because she's working in a system that's just so filled with people who have literally sold their souls to big businesses. Because mm. I do think there's a, a huge... I, I think it can't be a complete coincidence that every single politician has sacrificed on some level their values or isn't quite... And by politician, I I mean the people in cabinet, really. I think local MPs are slightly fighting the system as Mm -hmm. really good ones who are just representing their constituency. Yes, completely. But those are never the ones who are put forward. Yeah. I mean, it's the reason, you know, someone like Jeremy Corbyn was on the backbenches for so many years Mm. um, is because he never wanted to... And, I mean, he's not perfect. I'm not saying he's perfect. I've got lots of problems with Jeremy Corbyn. 
Um, but he is principled and he's someone who's always stood for what he personally believes in. And you can't say the same of many other... Yeah. But don't you think that him at the moment is evidence that that doesn't work within our political system? He's such a weak leader and that's because he absolutely does not like putting his principles to one side. So with To get things done, yeah. I completely... What he's trying to do, genuinely, I think, is is have a balance between representing the people within Labour who voted to leave uh-huh. and the fact that he thinks we should leave within a socialist mm-hmm. government yeah. and also representing the people who voted to remain. Because so he wants to leave so that he can implement some socialist policies that yeah. aren't controlled by the EU. Exactly. Which, obviously, is not going to happen, but it's an ideology. So yeah. he can't say we should remain because he fundamentally thinks. And there's a point to this, that the EU is part of a bigger capitalist structure mm-hmm. that's actually yeah. corrupt and not very transparent. Mm. And But others would argue it's, initially anyway, it was supposed to stop us all fighting each other and, you know... Yeah. That worked out. <laughs> well, I guess it kind of did. It kind of did. Yeah. For now, anyway. For now. Until the resources start running out. I'll see you in the bunker. <laughs> so Jeff Lloyd from Reasons to be Cheerful oh. podcast recommended on the podcast um, a, po- a podcast. Our podcast? No, because we've never <laughs> said a single fact on he, this podcast. He says he wants to come on, though. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, We're going to have some men on next. Yeah, get them in. Yeah. Get those, get those listening figures up. Yes. Um... Jeff Lloyd recommended on Reasons to be Cheerful podcast mm-hmm. another podcast called um, The Nuclear Hobo, which I do not recommend listening to, but also it's the best. What which, is it? So it's um, it just made me think of it when you were saying, oh, we've, you know, we've stopped. Technically, we all stopped fighting each other, uh-huh. but it's about the nuclear war and the nuclear war that could have happened and the woman who narrates it says she's a she's a researcher into all of the plans that the government had drafted up for if ah. nuclear war did happen because they all exist and are archived okay. and they are fascinating and she believes we should study that war as much as we should study other wars because the, on, the only reason it didn't happen is pure luck she's like this so nearly happened and we need to look at all the reasons why mm. and all the things that got us to that point and also just be aware of the detrimental effects that would have been if it had have happened and she like the first one the first episode is burial of the dead and she talks through all the plans for how they were going to bury all the bodies oh there's my one God. on that's like how to dispose of your pets and apparently there was a video of how to shoot your own dog in the head <laughs> Um, oh my god What she goes round and visits nuclear bunkers that still all exist and she really encourages us all go and support our local nuclear bunker because they're she views them as like historical places that we should all be researching and respecting it's such a such a horrendous podcast to fall asleep to you have so many nightmares can we talk about when he was my education secretary can I just say Can I, sorry to do another plug yeah my play Trojan Horse <laughs> is going my on tour play, my Trojan play Trojan Horse I've written a play um, it's going on tour this autumn. It's going all over. It's coming to Patsy Art Centre in November, Midlands Art Centre, uh, Leeds Playhouse is where it's opening, uh, the Lowry in Salford. Great. Newcastle, Liverpool, Wales, Woo! the whole of Wales. Um, so have a look when we release some dates, which I don't think they've all been released yet. But basically, it's about the government's inquiry into potential radicalisation that was happening in Birmingham schools in 2014 when Michael Gove was Education Secretary. And he's a big, old, racist, horrible man. Michael Gove. Michael Gove. But 
it slightly made me rethink about what was Cummings' accountability within it all. I can't quite be bothered to tell you the whole story about Trojan Horse, but uh, do your own Googling. Do your own Googling. Actually, if you Google it, it all just says it happened and it was really bad. And it's, It didn't happen. It didn't happen, but it's the reason that Prevent is now compulsory in schools. But do do you know what Dominic Cummings' involvement was in Michael Gove's decision to... No, but what I would say is the reason that this was all kind of... The reason it all manifested is Mm. because what people always say about Michael Gove is that he's an incredibly fast politician. And again, if you liked his politics, you might really view this as a good thing because he, as soon as he became education secretary the amount of schools that became academies was just yeah. like second to none. He just like rolls things out and he gets things done really speedily. Mm. And the problem with academies is it then means there's massive structural changes within all these schools. I know that Dominic Cummings wanted to set up his own free school, yeah. so I assume that he was part, was of, part of developing that. the academies and that. I assume so. Well, thing. that was his plan when he left. He was going to go and... Which I also just think... So one of the things all these... Um, people in Birmingham were accused of is this idea of taking over, taking over schools. And I think it's such a thing that happens all the time. So apparently the education secretary is always the most hated position within cabinet, just like on a, from the public, because we've all got a view on how we should educate our children. Yeah. And it's always to do with ideology, but it's also always to do with ego. We all think that we can go in and save all these kids. Yeah. And Dominic Cummings is exactly the same, where he wants to go set up a school, be the person who creates the ideology for what those kids uh. are being taught. Like, it's always about ego and you thinking that you have the answers and you know best. And that's the whole way that academies kind of run, is this idea of, like, in theory, the local community running their school. But what you always end up is with some billy big bollocks at the head of the at yeah. the head of the chain having a huge amount of influence over... Mm what the education of children is. And sometimes that works really well if the person at the top has got really fantastic ideas and it gives them lots of freedom. But it also means there's no kind of regulation of the difference between how different schools are run. And obviously, like, schools is the huge starting point of where those class divisions happen and where your education completely determines loads of things about you, where you go to school and what opportunities that school gives you. And it's just another way in which everything's becoming divided and the fact he wanted to go set up a big free school makes me think he's a big <laughs> poo head. Yeah. There's just an enormous amount of arrogance, I feel like, sometimes, with these really intelligent people. But like, I, yeah. he, is cl- he is clearly very intelligent, but, like, re- like reading his blog... So, like, it's like this, this really erudite essay, and then he's, he just starts talking about Anki... <laughs> which is like this computer flashcard program, which lots of people use to learn languages. I've used it before. I have, This is Dominic Cummings on his blog. I have used Anki since reading Nielsen's blog and I can feel it making a big difference to my mind slash thoughts. How often is this true of things you read? And then in bold and in capitals, download Anki now and use it! <laughs> All right, fucking hell! <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, you don't fucking know what's what's good for my mind might not be good for your mind. But do you know what I really empathise with? And I empathise with, the, actually, like, I'm slightly contradicting myself, but the idea of just thinking, we just need to just crack on <laughs> and just need to get it out. done. Yeah. Just come on, everyone. Because yeah. you slightly feel like, actually, what sometimes you do need is someone to just be in take charge over. and take yeah. control. Because people waffle around loads. and Take back control. Take back control. And I like people who just crack on. How does it on. feel to be responsible for Brexit, Helen? Because <laughs> of my balloon. Because of your balloons. I'm the so balloons sorry. did it. Do you know what? Maybe it will all be fine. 
Someone was saying to me they think what's going to happen is that we'll have no deal and then they'll, the police will have to take over. We'll the have, police? We'll have a the po- army, not the yeah, fucking sorry, police. That's what I mean, the, the army. We'll have, a poli- but we'll have a police state and then it will mean that we basically have communism. <laughs> and they were like, so it's all going to be great. What, communism with Boris Johnson at the helm? Who's this friend? Well, we'll pull his head off. I'll cut that out. <laughs> Hard left millennial, deeply unfunny and stupid. Who was it? Who was the comedian who said that they wanted to shoot somebody or kill somebody? Um, Kathy Griffin did a photo shoot where she was holding Donald Trump's senator, <laughs> and then she got oh, cancelled for it. Funny legend, legend. <laughs> we stand. That was Dominic Cummings. Is your voice okay? I'm going to be I've done too much helium. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for joining us, guys. We've missed you. GreatBigOwl.com You've been listening to Bitchin', a podcast by Tilly Steele and Helen Monks. Our music was by Dave Cribb and our artwork was by Luke W. Robson. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.